0: The, at the end of the visible world as we know it, Jesus speaks of the necessity for watchfulness. Stay awake, for you do not know on which day your Lord will come. Jesus emphasizes this by saying, You also must be prepared, for at an hour you do not expect the Son of Man will come. Typically, we we go about our daily lives without reflection. But consider this. Our human history does have a goal, the return of the King. In the biblical worldview, this is the future event that all events through the centuries are leading up to. We are meant to be looking forward in hope for our coming salvation as Noah and his family did. But we are easily distracted by the concerns of the world, keeping our nose to the grindstone, or caught up in escapism. And so many show no concern for God, as in the days of Noah and the flood. It is human nature to lapse into a condition of complacency, of having the illusion of normalcy, that everything will continue just as we have known it." This is a kind of spiritual sloth. No one really thinks that a thief will break into his home. That's what happens to the other guy. It's also a kind of pride that we have provided so well for ourselves that we don't need to worry about our lives. Now, the biblical story of Noah and the Ark may be one that we might be inclined to dismiss as maybe just an ancient legend. But major disasters, sudden disasters, have certainly taken place in our lifetime, such as the Marshall Fire in Superior, just west of us, last December, which destroyed a 1,000 structures, including over 900 homes. So how are we to act? as we await with longing for the final coming of our Savior. First, I'd like to focus especially on a, one dramatic event in our, in our history, along with some facts that you may not be aware of. I'm old enough to have been born at the dawn of the atomic age. I've always been fascinated by the events of 1945, the final year of the Second World War, This horrific war came to an end after the surrender of Imperial Japan. And what brought about that unconditional surrender was the dropping of, as you know, two atomic bombs on Japanese cities. It was early on August the 6th, 1945, that a lone American B-29 bomber flew over the city of Hiroshima while the people on the ground barely noticed the plane. In a recent account called The Amazing Story of the Hiroshima 8 by Gary Isbell, we read that the inhabitants on the ground were unaware of the deadly payload the B-29 was about to unleash on them, ushering in the atomic age with unimaginable death and destruction. As one single bomb neared the ground, a city died in an instant. When Hiroshima was destroyed by the atomic bomb, all members of a small Jesuit community escaped unscathed, while every other person within a radius of one and a half kilometers from ground zero died immediately. Even more astonishing is the story was repeated a few days later at Nagasaki, the second city hit by an atomic bomb. In that city, a large Franciscan friary established by St. Maximilian Colby was unaffected by the bomb which fell there. The friary was protected from the force of the bomb by an intervening mountain. In both Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the survivors were Catholic religious. Most other buildings were leveled to the ground, even at three times the distance. But in both cases, their religious houses stood, even with some windows intact. All who were in this range from the epicenter should have received enough radiation to be dead within a matter of minutes. Scientists later examined the group of Hiroshima Jesuits over 200 times during the next 30 years, and no ill effects were ever found. One of the Jesuits, Father Schiffer, said, we believe that we survived because we were living the message of Fatima We lived and prayed the Rosary daily in that house. So it is clear that if we are living the life that we are called to live as a Catholic Christian, our earthly lives may be protected even in the worst possible calamities. And this is a story that shows how living a faithful Christian life gives us hope that we will be worthy even when the Son of Man comes as He comes joyfully to take his faithful children into the full glory of eternal life in heaven in his kingdom. So how are we to act as we await with expectant longing for the final coming of our Savior? We wait with faith and with good works, with love and with charity, and especially with prayer, as we have seen in the case of the Jesuits in Hiroshima in 1945. Prayer is to be a priority in our lives. We must set aside time for prayer in our daily lives. The more we take time deliberately to pray each day, the more we will grow in charity, in love, and in faith so that the supernatural will become real for us and the hope of a future fulfillment brought about by God will become real to us. Sacred Scripture has a special role to play in our prayer life. Let Scripture be a springboard for our daily prayer time. The daily Mass readings can be used for this purpose as one option. And we need to value the venerable prayer of the Rosary. The Rosary should be, for us, a reflection on scenes from Sacred Scripture. Someone once said, the Rosary is the Bible on a string. As we reflect on scenes from the lives of Jesus and His mother, we grow closer to them. And as in the story of those Jesuits, we may take comfort in the protection of Our Lady who delights in our prayers. And in addition to daily prayer, let us continue to engage in acts of charity as the gospel urges us, and also guard against the enemies of charity, namely sloth, envy, and self-centered pride. Can you stop and think of one of those to work on this Advent? During the season of Advent, we can continue to root out those habits of the lack of charity that is the lack of love of God and neighbor. Let us in this Advent season raise our hearts to an expectant hope, yearning in wakefulness for the coming of our final and complete salvation, the gift of eternal life in the heavenly kingdom of God. And let every Holy Communion we receive be an anticipation of that final coming of the Lord.